Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And this week's episode is sponsored by Brown Lab Media. Brown Lab Media is a creative community helping to promote and create original content, personal brands, businesses, or anything media related by people of color. So if you have a chance, feel free to check them out. The link is www.brownlabmedia.com. And moving on to this week's episode, we're going to talk to you a little bit about giving back. And when I say giving back, I mean giving back to your birth family. As adoptees, me and you, I think we each have our own perspectives on that topic. And I think think it's time we, we share them a little bit. Um, so maybe would you like to uh, start off by uh, maybe just how you feel about it and then take it from there? Yeah, so before we were going to do this topic, I kind of went back into my Hotmail account and I started researching and looking the last time or the very first time I actually sent money to my sister. Um, during the time I was, I was like, I think 13 or 14 years old. So I don't think it was me sending money. I think it was my adoptive mom and dad sending money. Um, hmm. And we were just going back and forth. Um, just talking about maybe why they needed money. There is my mom was sick at one time. My brother had, um, what is that called? Uh, not mites. Oh my gosh, what is that called? I wrote mites. it down. <laughs> oh, parasites. My brother had Jeez. parasites in his brain. Um, so they were in Lima for a long time and they were in the hospital. So there was a lot of kind of going back and forth, uh, sending them money. And I think, I mean, at the time it was kind of like, okay, this is just kind of how it is. But I always kind of had a weird feeling too, because how much of that is going to it or not? Like I don't know. Yeah, that that is weird. I'd, I'd be curious to know um, what they said and their justification, I guess, for like one, how they even got into that conversation. Did they just like you know, boom, I need money, or were they kind of like were they having a conversation beforehand and then were just kind of brought up, kind of like. Well, uh, yeah, actually, like, you know, my son isn't doing well right now. Yeah, so it was just my sister primarily, like, oh, talking okay. to her. And so the very first time it was, dad won't help out for uh, money for the university that I'm going to, and I'm going to get kicked out. Oh, um, no. And so it was just kind of brought up slightly. And so, of course, it was like, I think it was about $50, but then I was looking, and a few months later, it was $60. Um, wow. And so it was kind of... Like, me going back to it, I had a totally different spin on this, on how I felt about it. And then me going back and looking at these emails kind of made me a little, it brought me back into that moment. And in those moments, I just felt really insecure um, about my stance in their family and my stance in uh, the United States and that family. So my birth family, my adoptive family, what does that mean? Like, it, it was uh, kind of made me insecure and, again. And how old were you? I'm trying to get perspective on timeline. Yeah, so when I... I went back, it went all the way back to 2005. So I was about 14 at the time. Oh, wow. So that was after you had met them. Yeah, for the first time. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I was just interesting. I guess it would have been, my perspective on it would have been different if like you didn't, you hadn't met them uh, prior yeah. then for them asking money than to, you know, like if they just found you on Facebook or something and then right. just sparked up a conversation. Oh, yeah. Or, um, or you kind of just like met um, there and then I guess exchanged information. But I don't even know if Facebook was really like that popular back then. So I don't know, even know if it, you could have done it. That's so. so funny though, because 
it went all the way back. Um, I think I had written this down. Our conversations went all the way until uh, 2014 through emails. Oh, wow. And then that's when Facebook, kind of they found me on Facebook, and then we started talking that way. Um, so I think that was that was really interesting, kind of like going back to that and, and looking at where we were, what we were saying. And I feel like I was really closed off in general, kind of through email. I didn't really say too much. And there was a point where my sister was just kind of saying, please write me back when you can. Make sure you write me back um, when you have spare time and all this stuff. But I do remember being very kind of reserved about it because when I came back from meeting them for the first time, yeah. I felt very just kind of confused, you know, where I was at. A lot of guilt, a lot of all this stuff. But kind of going back to the money aspect, um, when my brother had... Uh, why do I keep forgetting that? Oh, parasites. <laughs> My brother had parasites. An unnamed parasitic infestation. In his brain. Well, find the, maybe you'd find the, the, the specific terminology. Yeah, it was all in the emails because okay. I had specifically asked for documentation from the hospital, from all of this stuff. And so we were getting things from Lima and going back and forth. Um, there was pictures kind of going back and forth too. And my brother had... I mean, his hands had just swelled up. He had gained Jeez. like maybe 90 pounds and just kind of like water weight because he wasn't, he couldn't eat very much. Oh, he couldn't, it was horrible. It's so, like that, that horrible, like monsters inside me from Animal oh, Planet show. Sure. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. And it was a whole year of just going back and forth, trying to figure out what this was. Um, like, can we operate? Can we not? And yeah, it was, it was kind of a mess. So during that time, you know, my mom and dad were sending them money and, it was okay, but then after that, it kind of got a little bit, it kind of got a little bit weird, right? Because then I got a job, and I was like 16, 17, and I was kind of getting pressured from my adoptive dad um, in Minnesota about, not necessarily pressure, but he would kind of always lecture me and just say, hey, you know, that's your family, you're working now, you should try to give back to them when you can, Um and I think just because I was at that age, I was kind of rebelling and I just didn't really want to because he was telling me to. And I wanted to do it because I felt like I should. And so there was a time where I did. I did start giving them money for birthdays, um, for Christmas, until it got messy. And it was, it was weird because everything was okay, but we go through Western Union, right? Maybe other people do like MoneyGram or something like that. Western yeah. Union, you go to, you can go to different places like CVS, you can go to markets, all of this stuff. Um, what you do is you go in, and I always sat down at the photo kiosk, and embedded in the photo kiosk is Western Union. So you just do their DNI, which is kind of like their ID, like their license kind of thing, but it's not driver's license, just called a DNI. That's so um, strange. I've never, never heard of Well, it that. looks just like an ID. Um, so you have to do their name, everything right. Um, we, we did my mom's name backwards one time on accident and it was just this whole fiasco and she couldn't get money and we didn't know if we could get it back. But so you'd have to literally go into like a CVS or something to go do this transaction. Now it's so much simpler. I can just get online, westernunion.com and just send them money. It's so much easier now. The beauty of technology. Yes. So we are going back and forth and because there's a fee every single time you send money, it's like. Um, so today I just sent 50 bucks because um, my godson's birthday coming up. And so that fee was $4. So every time there's a fee. So when I wanted to send the money, I would send like a bulk amount, right? So say I wanted to send like 100, 150 for Christmas. Maybe that's $9. I didn't want to send it specifically to each family member because obviously I don't want to pay the fee. Yeah. All those different times. And so there was a time where somebody picked it up and I think they withheld money. 
And so I'm getting messages. I'm just getting mixed messages all all around the board. Um, my sister's friend one time contacted me about money. Um, it, it got weird. It got weird. And I'm just kind of like, who are you? And they're like, oh, call me and I'll let you know everything. And I'm like, wait, but where's my sister in this? Um, it, it got weird. And so, so what you're saying, so sorry, I'm, I'm just so I could get this um, correct in my mind. Mm-hmm. So somehow they found out that you, they were, you were sending them money. And one of their friends and they kind of, I guess, all just kind of like hopped on the bandwagon and just kind of like was like, hey, you know, I'm related to X, Y and Z. You're your sister. Um, yeah. Send me send me some. Uh, yeah. You know, like I've been bills. I've been helping with this or something like oh, I don't know. Wow. It got it got weird. Um, but that was that's kind of separate. I'm kind of like merging them because the whole thing, reason why I really originally stopped with my family was because they were just fighting over money. And when mm. they started fighting over it, I was like, that's it. Because then I feel like they're fighting over me. And right. it just felt, it didn't, it felt so uncomfortable. And I don't know if I'm necessarily expressing well, you it right. You definitely just brought up two very like interesting points um, too, which I don't know if other people are struggling with now, but just that the idea of like, you know, the money, like creating, stirring your family up, stirring the pot and, you know, and, and making them all agitated. And, and um, that like worst case scenario of, um, you know, I guess like somehow like, other people wanting to reach like constantly reaching out to you being like hey can you uh send me some money i did this x y and z and that's just like i don't know that's just that's just that's something that i'm like holy crap please uh that's like a fear of mine because i guess i don't i don't have a my, my mom and my dad aren't alive right now so that's not really an option and all my siblings are grown up um not not to say like not not that that's any reason why i don't do that but um, but that's that that thought definitely passes through my mind, where it's just like worst case scenario is like, you know. Yeah, it's it, it's uncomfortable, and you don't want to be in that position where they just need you for that. You want to be in a position you where you only love me for my money. Yeah, but and and like you're telling yourself this whole time, like it's not about that, it's not about that. But then when the friend kind of came into the situation, I was like, this is uncomfortable now. Like, Which kind of leads us to our question like like topic of the day which is the pros and cons of sending money to your to your uh, birth family yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off a little bit there but i was just trying to remind myself too in terms of that and my my thoughts and my opinions on on that you know sending money yeah to to family yeah Um, i guess so just kind of leading up to right now i'm a lot more strict when it comes to that um because this was kind of recently where i stopped and i I kind of started a little bit again here and there. I don't give as much maybe for birthdays. Um, I give more when I feel there's a need. And when I mean I feel there's a need, it's when I'm talking to them on FaceTime and I'm seeing in the house that some there's something there that I don't like. There's something there that I wish that they had that they don't right now. You know, you have that uh, that rich piano. I don't know <laughs> that rich piano mindset where I don't know like. There's a there's a YouTube a YouTuber Rich Piana super fitness guy super like him, um, rest in peace. <laughs> um, and he there's this one time I think he was talking about um, how he handles like kind of unrelated but how he handles homeless people, mm-hmm. and how he says that he'll give money to the ones who don't ask for it, mm-hmm. and he won't give money to the ones that beg. And I don't know, maybe there's something that has something I got from that in terms mm. of like your, how you kind of have uh, adopted that mentality too, where it's kind yeah. of like, 
um, it, you'll, you know, you'll interact with them. And then if you see something that they might need or that they might need help with and on top of them, not maybe asking, mm-hmm. it just gives you like the, yes, like I'll help you. Like, right. let, like I'll work with you, you know? Yeah. And it's that, that want, yeah. you want to do it. Not because you feel like you're obligated because it's somebody's birthday or it's Christmas or whatever. It's that want. And so the last time I sent a pretty good chunk was when my dad was, um, he has another house somewhere else and he has two houses and he built everything by himself. He has all the land. He takes care of it. He travels back and forth from Cusco to there. And, um, I just felt like, you know, he, Oh, Oh yeah. That's, that's what it was. He was showing me like an ox and he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to put this thing on the ox and we're going to like plow this land and whatever. And I'm just kind of like, that's cool. I wish you had a tractor, you know, not that I sent that much money to get a tractor, but I just sent a good amount because I was like, I hope this can help you. I wonder how much a tractor would go for in Peru. I don't know. Like even a handy down one. Like the demand of it too. It's like if people can afford it, then. Yeah, it's weird. Like sometimes like the, 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 what's it called? The, um frequency not the frequency the currency currency of different products are different depending on your region like for instance i don't know like maybe like food might be really cheap down there but maybe something like a tractor might be really expensive just for the fact of them maybe shipping it from somewhere that isn't part of their country Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe maybe that's completely wrong but i don't know well like um the, the last time i went um the shoes were pretty bad down there um, they were just complaining about certain things, like certain products mm-hmm. that are, aren't better. I guess that kind of leads me to Cuba when we went to Cuba and the guy who we went fishing. So we went fishing with some guy. Um, it was kind of like off one of the like Airbnb experiences. And he was like, yeah, next time you guys come back, bring some like fishing stuff because there's no fishing stuff down here at all. And like he showed us that boat that he made out of styrofoam. Yeah. So it's kind of like the yeah, demand of it, and if they have it, and they are hustling over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy was giving us a sorry to go a little off topic. This guy was just giving this whole spiel about like, so it's just like dude who knows English, and there's other like his like homie who doesn't really know English, but he's kind of like he doesn't he doesn't do the guy who speaks English doesn't do any of these fishing things, um, but his buddy does, and. Um, so it's funny how he's expressing how like this hard work, strenuous work of him, like, you know, uh, being on this like styrofoam boat, literally like it looked like five coolers melted together. Mm-hmm. And this dude is literally in the open ocean, just collecting like these fish and the current. He's explaining how the current's crazy and you could capsize at any minute and it's you have to go out so early. It's dark out. And he's almost this dude is explaining it like it's it's he almost did it. Like that's how much he explained it. But it's just funny because the dude was just like he standing right there he had no kind of idea what we were talking about he was just like yeah like just kind of like you know smiling when we smiled it was just funny um but yes back to the currency and how fishing gear is a lot more expensive in cuba than maybe food right food probably isn't that expensive it isn't though people eat people need food i guess it all depends (laughs) on like what they're like you know what their version of expensive is right because when we go down there obviously it's not expensive to us but it might be to them so i feel like that's kind of that's true a give and take no but like i feel like i don't know like some things would genuinely be expensive or mm-hmm. like um expensive or more expensive <laughs> like i don't know like i'd be curious but but the cube is different the cube is infra- like cuba's whole like system yeah. is just, well, completely it's just a, different yeah it's not ball but i'd be curious to know like how much a tractor would go in peru go for in peru yeah and then it was funny because the next time i talked to my dad he was showing me like this water tank 
and that was the coolest thing ever because I was like, oh, like maybe that's where my money went. Like I could be totally wrong and it could have gone to like booze or something else. Like I have no idea. But like part of me just really wants to believe that, you know, the money I sent, he used. And I, I told him, you know, please use it. It's not like I require them to give me receipts. It's not like I require them to tell me what it is specifically, unless it I do. Because sometimes there was a time where I did. I just said, hey, like, can you please get this? And my sister showed me, yes, I got this kind of thing. Um, but I guess that's kind of leading up to me just being a little bit more strict um, as far as me wanting to give all the time um but that comes with like a lot of guilt too sometimes I feel like I'm not giving enough sometimes when I'm here and I'm buying things and I'm just kind of like wow Megan you just spent $200 on a pair of headphones but you didn't give them 50 bucks in the past two months or something and so that that mentality is kind of like runs through my head too and so I feel like for me it's like a touch and go subject yeah I I, I can agree with that too um, I was just uh, doing a little like thinking, internal thinking in terms of like my 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 specific opinion on on giving back to to uh, my family in Peru. Um, as you might know, uh, my mom passed away due to ovarian cancer. I feel like cancer is like a huge thing. You know, my sister had cancer, or sorry, no, my mother had cancer, but it was ovarian cancer. So I'm not sure if like that if it's like hereditary hereditary peg is passed down like i don't really know about my sister's health um i don't even know about like my health you know in that sense of like that cancer gene being passed down um but um yeah i, I don't know i guess it all i guess it all roots back um because i was thinking like why why do you give back you know you you give back because your belief in i think something bigger than just uh, maybe your family per se, just the, the belief of, of understanding your, your roots, being involved with your roots, keeping that connection alive to where you come from, I think, that might be alive in you and, and that's, that's important. And I guess for me, when I think about it, I, I don't know if I truly share that same belief. Um, because, uh, I don't know, this is my perspective, but I feel like I was, uh, it was, it was like a, I guess a purchase, like I was purchased. The transaction is, it was like, no, no, no. You feel like your birth mom purchased or, or kind of gave you away and got money. Well, no, not, I guess, sorry, like, uh, beyond the purchase money transaction aspect, it was, uh, maybe it was a transaction, but it's like a no refund policy. All right, thank you for your service. But goodbye now. Like everyone's happy, and and that's it. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe depending on my family, um, uh, turning out differently in terms of like, um, for instance, I'll be specificer. <laughs> like, uh, if I had a lot bigger of a family, maybe my mindset would be different. But based on my analysis of my family that I live with now, um, we're not big. We're not a big family. Um, and there's a lot of culture within my small family that I have. And I choose because of the obligation that somebody didn't have but wanted to take care of me, to take me in, to adopt me as their own. I choose loyalty to them. And I will never forget what my mom did 
to me, uh, what my mom, the opportunity my mom gave me. And in fact, I honor her every single day by trying to do the best I can with the life that I was given. And I wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for her. So she's always the source. She's always someone who I can never look away from. But with that being said, that that ends there, you know? Like I, I am living enough through her with the blood that runs through my body, with the mind that I have is enough in my mind to validate me, well, not to validate me, but just to, to acknowledge that, that that part is still there. It's still, you know, progressing. So, you know, I have a, a family that I'm not bound by blood. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I am not, um, I don't feel good enough to hold that, the last name that I have, if that makes any sense. I feel like there still needs to be work. There's still, <laughs> there is still a lot of work to be done. And I know I'm getting way away. This is getting a little bigger than, you know, do you give back to your family in terms of like money or financial needs? Um, Maybe even like metaphorical, like in terms of giving back emotional, like, you know, um, transactions, you know, talking with them and and, and being communication. Um, But I I definitely feel like I really looked up to my uh, my adoptive family and all of the amazing people who did amazing things with their lives. You know, for instance, my grandma, she, um, she got nominated for a Tony Award for theater. And that's like a huge accomplishment. And uh, I remember when I was a kid and I, I saw her, you know, I, my mom went to, to that ceremony and I saw her, I saw it on TV and it was just like a huge moment for me where I guess I subconsciously like take it in my head where it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> you kind of like you, you still need to earn this, this last name mm-hmm. in my way. And so do you think if you, you know, like earn it, um, I'm not being like a, a mean by yeah. doing that. I'm just trying no, to no, like speak kind of, freely, please. So do you think if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you earn it, you know, the last name, then you'd be able to give back to your family or kind of how does that relate? I guess maybe possibly I tend to try and not think too far ahead. I tend to battle one thing at a time. And whether or not I get to even that level of feeling um, fulfilled, uh, feeling like I earned that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm using very blunt words, very like, you know, intense words, but like it's a lot, I guess, grayer too with that. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, Maybe then I will be able to um, turn in that other direction and, you know, um, be more involved, I guess, with uh, my family in Peru. Um, but in my opinion, I don't know, please let me know if, if you disagree or if you have anything to add. Um, do you feel like you have to kind of like, um, prove yourself, I guess, to them? Is that what it is or not really? To my birth family? Yeah. Oh no, not at all. Um, I think, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I, I think, I think me graduating college is way more than, uh, than, than they ever, uh, could do. I think that that's uh, enough for them. Um, to be honest, like I, I definitely think. Have that you ever talked to them about that? No. Um, it's different, I guess, too, because like you know, in my situation, um, maybe other people out there have the same similar situation, but all my other fa- um siblings are older. Yeah. They have their own families, so it's not like there's somebody my age or even younger. Maybe it would change my perspective too. 
I don't know. I, I think that that bar for that family is like here. And my bar for my birth family is like, I'm, my, my adoptive family is like here. And me doing these things like, you know, graduating high school, graduating college is like, put me like here in that sense. And I'm not trying to like, sorry if I'm using these judging kind of like statistics or stats. Um, but sometimes that's how I process the where things sit in my mind. Um, and where there are areas that I need to improve on in my life in general. But I definitely feel like, you know, what is, what I dare say, like they have my pleasing my birth family is a lot more realistic <laughs> to a certain extent, a lot more Easier? the odds. Yes. The odds of me obtaining these goals that my birth family would have loved for me to, um, so you feel complete like is already like, opt is already completed. Like, like you've paid your debt. No, I just, I, you know, like I think about my birth mom and I'm just like, hey, what would she be thinking? Is she like, oh, I wish my son would grow up and I wish he would go to college and get a good job. Mm. Is that as far as it would go? Because if that's the case, I don't know if, I, I, why stop there? Like, I don't know. Like I have, I, I, I've done that. I've did it, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm there. So, so what do I, do I stop? Do I give up? Like, do I kind of just, okay, I'm here. And so. Now I just live the mundane life of, I guess, maybe a lot of adults just kind of, you know, they're okay. They, they like what they do, you know, they're, you know, so, you know, uh, they could, maybe if they had another option, they back in the day with, uh, decisions on where they wanted to go to high school or, or sorry, where they wanted to go to college or, or different degrees that they might've pursued, they had another chance, maybe they would have, but they like where they are. They can live. They have a, they like, you know, they've set up a good network around them. Um, but for me, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I want, I have that, that fire in me. I have that passion um, in me. And maybe other people like me, they're, they're like, sorry, maybe there are other people like me out there who believe the same, who are adopted, who have that same mindset. Um, but, but for me, I think that right now my focus is on my adoptive family and less on my birth family. So coming, bringing it full circle, when you ask me, about giving back to my birth family in my perspective to, to, to keep it very short and sweet. One, I, I deem it as they have a lot more. There's, I have four, I have four of the brothers and one other sister. They have families and they have the last name or the bloodline. Sorry. If you know, I don't know if they have last name, I don't know, potato, potato, whatever, but they carry the same bloodline and they are all branching out, you know, and, and doing things with their with their life, so I think I think that's okay. On top of the fact that I don't know, they're adults. I don't want to. I I don't know. I guess my relationship with them is different than yours. Yeah, um, I think it's important to look at it the way you are. It makes sense to you. I think you don't feel necessarily responsible. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't necessarily feel responsible. Um, well, that might just too like some with like you know. I have siblings that, you know, have been adults when I was a teenager, you know? So how much of that is put in his, in my input in terms of my analysis of giving back to my birth family? Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, but, um, but I believe in them. I believe that, that they'll get it done. And, um, I don't know, maybe in the future it'll be different. Maybe I will get to where I need to go and then I will be able to turn my, gaze on uh more of a in my opinion more of a, a luxury item something that i can you know i got some i got some change i got some spare time 
let's take a trip you know let me yeah. let me go down there let me what do you need like well i think that's the big difference right there is i think what really hit it for me what kind of hit home is that i went to their house i saw how they lived i like saw the bedrooms i saw the bathroom i saw everything <laughs> and that going back home to i mean that was me when i went for the first time to visit my family and then going back home for the first time in peru um this is weird and my brother probably remembers this but like when we got home from peru we genuinely went home and one of the first things we did was kiss the toilet seat you know why because we just missed the damn toilet seat we missed america wow. so much and like that going to my house in like in peru they didn't have a toilet seat that's wild they didn't so like it was it was a big comparison different and i feel like for you you met them in a restaurant you didn't go home with them did you no no but i i guess what's interesting to you that what you uh what do you th that scenario that you said um the only thing i think of was you going home to your birth family's um house was the same feeling i got when i was stuck in north carolina for yeah. like four months mm -hmm. and i i just remember like you know me and my my buddies um my cellmates uh <laughs> just dreaming about like dang when i get home oh man i'm gonna love my bed mind you we're sleeping on the freaking cold ground of the forest in north in the appalachian mountains and side, um, side note you weren't in jail yeah but it felt <laughs> like it for a minute um i mean that's even worse we didn't even have a bed we didn't even, like it's my good we had to hike all day it was horrible well no nah, i mean looking back at it you know i'm just putting my forget what i'm saying anyways <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, um, so, you know, that feeling, I know that feeling. That. Yeah. I think it was also because we almost died twice and on our way there. Well, remember? maybe uh, even more. I almost died. Yeah. When, uh, oh, well, well you were on the same flight. I don't know we why it to. didn't affect me that much. I don't know. It really did. I guess like side note, when we went to Peru, I don't know if we've told this story already, but we went up the first time, I believe one of the engines went out. And everybody was calling their family members, telling them that they were going to die, that they love them. And so it That's was really That's so intense. funny. Me and my mom were so oblivious then. Because we, I don't know. We, I don't know. We you had no idea. My only re recollection of that day was trying to figure out what I was going to eat because we were staying at the airport too late and all the restaurants were closed. Yeah. And I'm like, mama, I'm kind of getting hungry. <laughs> and I wasn't even really hungry. I was just bored. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was a chubby kid back then. So I like to eat. Um. <laughs> We didn't have any idea when the next plane was going to go out. And then it wasn't until the next morning. We slept over that in, the, in, in the airport. You guys did. We went to oh, a hotel because you got the vouchers. You could go if you wanted to. They gave us all vouchers. You guys must have just stayed. We're oblivious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you had no idea there was I, even vouchers I, involved. I was just chill. I mean, I, I guess I was a good kid. I, mean, I just had a DVD player and I was just chilling, just yeah. watching movies like all day. I just was a, back then, you know, things like, you know, your phone and having movies. Yeah, it was simpler times. So like DVD player was like life. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, I'm watching a, a movie and I'm not <laughs> by a TV or a movie theater. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. Um, but then we went up again you know, to go to Peru from, I think we were in Miami and the electricity was kind of going out. And the problem was because we had just got up in the air, there was too much fuel in the plane and they couldn't land right away. That's so they crazy. were doing circles a little bit. And then when we went to go land, 
there was just firefighters and police and everything and they had blocked off the highways and they thought we were going to crash or that it would explode and um the wheels ended up popping there was like a little mini like fire from the brakes where was i i swear it was like i don't know maybe i'm making this up (laughs) but i know that's why different mindset of different families (laughs) your your family is very different than my family in the in the regards of um panicking panicking yes and uh yeah ignorance is bliss <laughs> i'll say that um but that's why like me and michael were terrified after that to uh, kind of fly and my brother still is terrified well from what i remember um to fly i mean that was pretty scary it's pretty intense yeah. you're kind of like eh. no i mean i i do remember like one jump down like over the, you know when the airplane goes just flies down a little like turbulence and, and your stomach goes up in your you know chest yeah. for a second but that was about it and they said, I, I swear it was a joke. I, I think I remember a little bit now. It's coming back to me as I think about it. But I remember like somebody said like, you know, yeah, we just lost the engine, but um, it's going to be okay. <laughs> we, lost, we lost one of the engines, but it's going to be okay. We're going to turn you uh, safe and sound. Uh, like, oh, okay. And I guess I was like, fine. But like you had a de- very different uh, view of the situation. Yeah. But I was thinking though, bringing us back, I was thinking um, right before we got into that, there was, I had a thought. Um, about why we have differences of a of a little bit of a of opinion. I forgot. We were talking about how I went and saw the house. It was right before that. Right before that. Um, let's put our thinking caps on. Right before that. Um, because I was making a connection. Dang, maybe it'll come back to me. But um, yeah. I, um, just how maybe you don't feel responsible oh yes 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 we are talking about you going back to your birth family's house and i was thinking maybe that's another reason why i don't invest my time into my birth family because i know that if i do it will spread me out i'll become too thin and I that that sharp edge will become dull because I'm feel like I'm pushed in multiple directions. So you know, bringing back to a previous topic about sacrifice, that's definitely a sacrifice that I'm willing to make, and I'm willing, openly willing, to live with the consequences of that decision I'm making by not acknowledging or helping or keeping in connection with my birth family. And that's and one of those huge hinders of it too is language. I can't really talk to them. If I can't talk to you, how am I supposed to have a relationship with you? I, I, I can't do Google Translate. I can't do like that. It doesn't work for me. And when we're talking about adults, pss, that doesn't work for me. You know, I, I need to know you. Like I need to like, I don't know, feel like, hear your voice like understand you like so much uh body language goes into communication that is lost when it comes to um language and 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 communication in general Mm -hmm. and so i guess you know that's another reason why i don't because i need to be a one on whatever i'm trying to do and with that being said i'm i'm not you know there's so many things in my life here that that pull me in general so it's like hard even with that and you want to add something else into it Mm -hmm. i'm just like man i can't just one thing at a time please which is ultimately why i said what i said but when i get the chance i will come back and i will be more open to that but right now i gotta i gotta worry about my own (laughs) um 
Which is interesting, right? Um, we've had these conversations a lot before, and they've gotten pretty intense because I'm kind of on the other spectrum of that, just thinking, what happens if so-and-so dies? Like, you're all right with that? You're all right with just not really talking to them, not really having a relationship? Um, and I think it kind of is up and down a little bit for you, but for the most part, you're like, well, I don't really know them, um, you know, kind of thing. Because so. to me, I view it as a transaction in a way, where it's kind of like, there's so much emotion into that, you know, into my birth mom giving my my me to my mom like like why why all these like hidden clauses in the contract you know but like, what hidden clauses like like what if what if this person dies are you gonna talk to your brothers are you gonna keep up with them are you gonna visit them are you gonna uh well I, i'll take it back to some facts and i think going back to when your mom when your adopted mom went back to peru um to get you and your birth mom just saying, you know, I hope you guys come back and visit. I hope, you know, he meets da 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 and is good with the family and everything. And you did, but by the time you came back, you know, your birth mom had died. And so just knowing that she still wanted to have a connection, you know, you have a connection with your siblings, to know that one of your sibling, siblings was like absolutely heartbroken when you left, like that person, that, that your brother gained that connection with you, um, just thinking about how I don't think, and I, I know like this is me just assuming something about somebody who's already dead, but this is like my gut, like maybe as a woman, I don't know, just tells me that it's not, that's not necessarily what she would want is you to just kind of like distance yourself. I think she would understand because you're a pretty emotional person. So like you said, you would get spread thin and your their drama might become your drama and you don't want that. You don't need that. And so I think that's kind of a... I think she might understand, but, but we hear we hear we think about this aspect. What if my mom, my birth mom, is an even more concentrated form of me and my mentality? Um, because think about this: when my birth mom went to meet my mom, she's very reserved, very very. I think she. When I look at, I have only a few pictures of her, but when I look at her, she's so much in her in her mind that she is thinking about that's so deep. And, but she will probably never tell you, um, you know, I don't even know if she told anybody, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. or she even had a connection with somebody that she was able to, I hope she did at one point in her life, but mm -hmm. to think that she is even more of a concentrated form of me. And then you want to look at me, if you know me and just look at how I run and live my life and, um, how passionate I am, how like about everything about like love, about like hate, about like um sadness um all the spectrums of the emotional um spectrum <laughs> um uh but uh what were we saying <laughs> i had something good we we're here. just talking about how um, um what oh your yeah mom mentality right yeah. so like so like what if like so like I'll, uh, you know between you and me you guys right between me and you guys um I, I do still like, I'm, I'm a very spiritual guy. I do try and hope that I am connected somehow to like my, my grandma and my grandpa and my birth mom. And I would wonder if, you know, at certain times that I am in, in a intense moment of my life where I do reach out to them um spiritually and i i do wonder if they are aware of my current situation and i do if they are i i kind of like let them in i let them in my mind um spiritually um 
And I just wonder um, if my mom knows or would have been okay with the decision that I had made. Being like, uh, I see now, Sam. You know, like I see now. Like I know why you're doing what you're doing. And I'm okay with that. Um, because, I don't know, it's kind of like you you want what's best for your, for your children, mm-hmm. you know? And if that's what they feel is best, then maybe you do too. Maybe that is. And, yeah. you know, the teacher becomes the student and vice versa. Yeah. So maybe that's, um, you know, and, and I'm, I am fully aware of the sacrifice. I'm fully aware that people might die and that I might never have a chance to have that final conversation with them. But that, you know, that thought too, just kind of, I feel like with me opens the door for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you never have the chance to X, Y, and Z? What if you yeah. never have the chance to this? What if you never chance to go there? Yeah. And I can't think about that. And right I think now. for some people, it kind of like can get them in that black hole. But for me, like more recently, it's um, I like to think of the what ifs, like a kind of worst case scenario, because that's what kind of pushes me forward. And yeah, it, it, it does get sad sometimes, but that's just more of a reason for me to push forward and, and whatever it is that I'm thinking of or worrying about doing or not doing. Um, so I guess it, it works both ways. But I'm like that, too. Yeah. I care about it. But what the difference is, is I consolidate my Energy. my what ifs to one thing yeah. what if i don't succeed in this one thing i want to do no i have to succeed in this one thing i want to do yeah and everything else kind of trails behind it right because it has i don't know maybe, maybe you're better maybe you can do be better at managing everything and everything's at like maybe at 50 or 60 75 but like i, I can't operate like that yeah. i need to hone in on like one thing right. or else life will completely like crash me like a tsunami yeah. wave and i will go tumbling everywhere and nothing will get done i'll be str- I'll, you know what i mean it's just yeah. that's well cycle. it's hard because it's like somebody else's problems become your problems and i think that's kind of why recently but you have to ask yourself too the sacrifices that you that you make on the opposite side i'm understanding of the mm-hmm. opposites of that but you have to understand too if you maybe if you don't get to where you want to be how much of that could have been fixed if you might have Mental. consolidated your energy yeah. your ment- mental state of mind your resources and you honed in mm-hmm. and sharpened it on one thing too mm-hmm. no you know, i like totally i totally agree either, you know? Yeah, and I guess that just kind of goes back to, you know, friends too and where you want to put that energy. And I feel like as you get older, you kind of realize, you know, this year and even last year, just kind of like letting friends go and just kind of being like... Especially this year. Yeah. You know, where you can't talk to people and then then you see who your real friends are. Then you see who who's willing to keep up the conversation. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like all of us, especially during... Uh, post-covid is um just really in 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 the midst of, of life and and kind of like a little isolating themselves i'd like to think i'd like to think no one's out there like partying up like they, nothing is happening but um but yeah you know it definitely um makes you realize who's who's kind of there who's kind of like hey hey buddy yeah what's going on man i haven't heard from you in a bit but um well and i guess that just goes back to your energy and your time you know because i think more recently too just being able to express why you're not talking to that person like whether it's like a text or a letter or in person just being like this is kind of why um and that's kind of how i feel like it's been good to do things that way and it's been good to like kind of set intentions in that way and I think kind of going with family too I think that's kind of why like I used to be very very involved with them when something happens when they're sick and things I am too I get very involved as well but 
and I hate to say this because recently my my sister and her son, um, my godson, had COVID, and or maybe it was her daughter. Sorry, um, but they had COVID, and so I was talking to her a little bit more frequently, just asking her symptoms, asking her if she's okay. I have a friend who lives in Peru, and he was kind of helping me with the medicines, what to take, what not to take, um, and just being very helpful in that way. But then once it kind of like died down, like and she got a lot better and she was okay, I kind of just you know pump the brakes on a little bit because you're right there there's other things that I have to deal with too it doesn't mean that I don't love them it doesn't mean that I don't want to hear from them or talk to them because even the last time I talked to my dad my birth dad he was like uh he kind of got upset a little bit he was like well I haven't heard from you I was worrying where are you I want to talk to you more like call me more and so I understand that part too you know just kind of trying to be trying to be present um but I guess that's just mutual feeling too right like as much as he's worried about you, it's also his responsibility, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but for him to understand that, you know, you have a lot of life stuff too. And that maybe if you did have time, you definitely would reach out to him because yeah. he didn't. It's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I agree with that. But then I disagree too, because at the same time, like you just have to make time. And that's where I think I'm kind of heading with this too. Like, like how I was talking about friends is you're going to have to make time. Like you don't always have time to do certain things, but if you find somebody like important enough, you do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, the decision on what time is valuable to you and what isn't, you know, my, my, my uh, beliefs on what's valuable to me, you might disagree with, but I guess the well, only thing Well, when it comes to this, I feel like it, we disagree a little bit when it comes to this. Just because, because you value your time with your birth family and, and keeping up with that aspect. And I value yeah. my time maybe a little less than that. Like, you know, yeah. because in your in your mentality, I think your worst case, you know, you think about the worst case scenarios about what if you never able to talk to them uh, again because, of, you know, maybe they die or something. And my feeling is, you know, that's a responsibility I'm, I'm willing to take to achieve to a certain extent my uh goal and you know i just prayed to pray to my, my speaking of pray, pray to my mom being like hey like let's like let's try and like just put the fire on me too like let's yeah. get this done let's get let's get to where you want to be yeah. so then you'll be able to to you know be able to pay more attention to that aspect of your life yeah and so yes um but i feel like it, it also kind of goes back to just spending a amount of time with them too because i went down there and i lived with them for two months i feel like i gained a giant connection that you've never had with your birth family like you've like you always tell me and you always kind of go back to the root and say like your mom and dad are alive all of your siblings they live together they're all in one place and my family they're not they're scattered yeah but I, I, but like i yeah but that's still kind of my mentality where it's kind of like you know like i have faith man you're, you're, you're gonna be okay and if you're not like I can't think about that, man. Yeah. I have so much I have to think about. Like, sh- crap, I might die tomorrow. Like, and then what? Then I'm, I'm going to, then I don't know. You tell me. I don't know if anybody out there has uh, had a near-death experience, like knows what's the afterlife. Are you even alive? Do you even have a voice? Can you even feel remorse about all the things you should have wished you could have done? But in, like, you know, it's like, I don't know. And, and I'm like a guy who likes statistics in a sense. And I'm like, that's a very high probability that there is nothing else out there. There is nothing. There is no life after death. And I know that contradicts my whole spirituality thing. And, you know, I'm a walking contradiction to a certain extent. But I just certain things that I cannot and to a certain extent will not worry about because I can only worry about so much, yeah. you know. So I just pray and hope that, you know, my, my family, uh, I'm sure, you know, I, 
like speaking to you though, I'm sure that there are things that I could learn from my family. I'm sure there are experiences that I've never experienced that I'll be like, hey, whoa, sister, you're exactly like me. That's freaking cool. But like I said, I'm willing to take that sacrifice and not go on with those experiences because I'm looking for experience. I don't know. I'm looking, I'm gonna be real. I'm looking for different experiences, experiences that aren't that. Because I don't, I don't know what those experiences are. That like are. sentimental value doesn't necessarily mean too much to you, as far as that. Yes, because it all leads back to, you know, that transaction kind of where it's kind of like my mom gave me in good love. Please take care of my baby. Please help my help him grow grow into the man that 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 he will be one day, or the man that I hope him to be one day. And my mom's mm-hmm. like, yes, I will do that hundred percent. Zoom like twenty eight years later, and I am. I've done it. I don't know what my mom's, my birth mom's expectations of me were, but I feel like I've accomplished a lot of them, like a lot of them. So I don't know what else, like, I don't know what else I, to a certain extent right now that I have to give back per se. Yes, I know they're nitpicking. There's always nitpicking in every kind of thing. You can always like, you know, get better, whatever, or learn more. But um, for that, like I said, like there are other things in my, like at the end of the day, you have to think about what's, like you said, right? What's important in your life, Right picking time picking what's valuable in your life Mm -hmm. and i guess if you bring it out my values are taking care of myself before i take care of my family because if i don't take care of myself how am i going to take care of my family well that's really interesting too because while i was thinking about this earlier i was just thinking about how when i grew up you know i grew up obviously with caucasian family and parents um they never made it seem like when i got a job i had to give them money you know, when I got a job, I had to start paying rent or I had to start doing this or whatever. It was never the case. But I do know, and this is just based on me talking to friends and just me, you know, knowing people. And I could be wrong, like, correct me if I'm wrong. But a lot of, like, Hispanic families, that's kind of their expectations. Like, you get a job, you have to come and give me some of that paycheck. Um, for whatever reason, I can't necessarily get into that because that's not, that's not how I was raised. And so maybe more people out there know why. Um, but they're giving back, right? But just based on the things that I've seen, it kind of is this vicious cycle, right? It's kind of like, you're, here's your parents, they're working, and then as soon as you get a job, you have to give back to them. But you're always constantly giving back to them so much, um, you're not really ever... What kind of mentality, wait, what, um, because I know you talked on the, to two different aspects of, uh, like, Caucasian versus Hispanic families. Yeah. Are you still on the Hispanic families? families? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you're giving money back to them every single time you get a paycheck. Like, when are you saving? What are you doing for yourself? How are you moving forward? Yeah, personally, like, I I definitely, like, I'm very interested in that. Because, like, you, like, I don't know, I I grew up where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you you go to to high school. You know, they they help you. You know, you have a great, great life, right? And then you go to high school, then you go to college, and then after college, you get your job. And then maybe, like, a year or two after that, maybe even shorter, then it's kind of like, yo, get out (laughs) like get out come on it's time you know adios you know i don't i don't know where you're you you know gonna go but not here and um based on your experience from people yeah based on how i was raised based on like my friends and based on on that uh that life mentality and um yeah but but along that um time i i did uh i didn't really have too many hispanic friends um in middle school or um or, or uh, elementary school. And when I say Hispanic, I guess I mean from like the South American, Mexican region of uh, the world. Um, I did have Dominican friends, um, but I, 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 
it's weird. I don't know. I don't, don't really, I didn't actually, I really, I didn't so much. I mean, I, I, I was friends with them, but I didn't really know like their, their family. They were always kind of like a weird, <laughs> so it's kind of a weird like they area, gray area that I was very like in the dark with. I just, I didn't really go to their house or nothing, but, but, um, yeah, that was kind of like the, the mentality. Um, so that's kind of like, I don't know, like, I'm, I, yeah, like when I got into high school and college, I was like, huh, like, that's interesting. Like, you know, you, you know, like I seeing like, you know, very like older people still li like living with the, with their mom, but not because like they don't, not because they, they, they have no choice, but because they, they want to. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, oh, I'm just like chilling here. Like chilling with my mom, you know? Yeah. And this is interesting. It's just different. Um, but like you said, I don't know, like that, that, um, begs the question too, like how, as amazing as that is, how, how potentially damaging could that be? Right. Cause you're not necessarily like leaving, leaving your nest. You're not going off and, and potentially exploring and not even a different, uh, part of the city, but, e but even a different city. Um, well, um, I feel like you, they feel like in depth to them, you know? It comes to a situation where, like, they they just feel maybe like in debt, and they feel like they have to give back. But to from their my family. experience too, also, I feel like they're they're the moms are kind of like, just stay. Where are you going? Stay with me. Like, stay. Like, but you, I know? you said they meant get out. No, that was that was the Caucasian. That was the white. Oh, the white. I was all bad how I was how okay. I grew up was, yeah. you know, you you go to college, um, and then after that you get your job, and it's kind of like you know, yeah. get out of here. Um, yeah. But when, like I said, when I was in college and kind of like towards the later years of my high school uh, days, I experienced different um, Hispanic households in different settings. Um, and with that, you know, I, I definitely, it was just different. Like I said, there was like older, you know, still uh, kids that, you know, are older and they're still living there. And now it's not really shunned upon. It's not frowned upon like it is yeah. how I, where I come from. And, um, but they have their reasons. But, but my, you know, thing is kind of like, well, Maybe they have a stronger sense of family, but maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they're they're kind of coddled too much to a certain extent by not needing to have the pressure to move out, so they never really do. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah. you tell me if I'm wrong about that. Um, I definitely love to hear somebody's perspective uh, who maybe grew up that way in terms of how they view that way of living and if they liked it or if they didn't. Because mm -hmm. I'd be genuinely interested to know about that. Yeah. Um, and the kind of pressures of that are not pressures of that, I guess, because for me, I never had pressure to give back to like my adoptive family. Um, I did have a little bit of pressure to give back to my birth family um, from both sides, from my birth family and also from like my adoptive family. But it's not like it was an intense amount. I was like, if you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. Um, there have been times where I've completely declined because I for whatever reason i didn't believe that yeah i feel like it. it's that unspoken pressure too when you're talking about hispanic households like i'm just yeah. th putting my mind in there it's like yeah. yo like you it's like low-key like all right like you're like 23 and then all of a sudden it's kind of like you have a job but like no one says nothing kind of but like kind of like yo like you're gonna like help you live here you gonna like or what, i don't know i guess my experience is that they've used it again well, i feel yeah, bad that's like, what i'm trying like to they, say but like uh, uh, like hispanic households they they have used that against their kids like I did all of this for you. The least you could do is A, B, and C based on my friends and kind of what I've heard. That's interesting. But I mean, yeah, like once again, we're kind of touching on a subject that we don't necessarily know that much about, but kind of going back and relating it to like the pressures of that we may or may not feel. For giving back to your family. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely uh, interesting perspectives. 
I guess I guess when you think about it too, like our adoptive family, maybe they didn't ask for money because they were a lot more established. Maybe. I guess there's so many different avenues and like routes you can look on this, whether you feel guilty, whether you don't feel guilty about it. I think there's I mean, it's not, there's not a, a right answer or a wrong answer. Yeah, I, I guess just, there's just mentality, right? Like, you're, at the end of the day, like, I feel like, you know, one and done, you know? After the 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 debt is, the transaction has made, been made, you know? One, one, money and f- response, responsibility gets, you know, goes from one side to another. Yeah, one person's giving money, potentially, and to to a baby, but then that person is getting relieved like cut of the responsibility of having that baby, and but getting money too. So, yeah. So it's kind of like, and then that's how I view it. Like that's end all. Like kind of all right, cool. Like see you later if we meet. Like in the future, like I'll say hi, <laughs> hi. You know, like kind of like. But beyond that, like I I don't I don't have a standard definitely. But yeah. because of how the certain circumstances that you know you had in your life and you know you having the ability to you know meet your mom and dad and being able to have your um being able to see your your family's house whole definitely changed it your mm-hmm. whole perspective on your birth family in general for the mm-hmm. whole and you know and, and it's the foundation of your thought process today in terms of potentially how you view them and the connection that you want to continue to have with them and that you have with them mm-hmm. so <laughs> So, uh, it's like it's a it's an ongoing topic, you know. Interesting, it's, right? Two different two Peruvians who were adopted from Peru at the same year, different part of the countries, and had different views on giving back mm-hmm. to their birth family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, anybody have any thoughts or? Uh, Anything they'd like to share or add, you know, you can always reach out to us. Um, the description too on YouTube be dope. Um, definitely get back to you. And uh, with that being said, do you have uh, maybe anything else you'd like to say? I guess about that? one more thing I'd like to say yeah. is that um, one thing we don't know and what we already had been talking about is like the culture, and I think that's what we're missing out on. On and you too you know but the both of us are missing out on the culture and what that means because we've never experienced like life there we don't necessarily know um just like what we're talking about as far as like money too we don't necessarily know what what is expensive what's not expensive what they need more of or what they don't and i'll leave you with this thought right here what if that 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 can a be a good thing or b be a bad thing because what if that culture, as amazing as it is, is more flawed than the culture that we have today, that we were raised in today? Maybe not, completely wrong. But what if you be the judge? <laughs> With that said, we might continue this on a later top on a later uh, podcast. Um, and, and we'll let you know how it goes, like giving back and yeah what, what we're we'll, doing we'll update you on that maybe i'll have a revelation and i'll decide to move back to Peru forever that's not gonna happen i already can tell <laughs> find out on the next time of life of the lost <laughs> once again i'm sam i'm megan and this is life of the lost